0: Well, I've been talking about the precepts a lot this summer, and uh, the, I'm I'm reading an online book that just uh, was recently made available, and uh, I realized when we take the precepts, it we're going backwards if we don't know very much about Buddhism about this path. Um, the precepts are, are are our statement to ourselves that we're going to go a little bit further in exploring these teachers, these teachings, and that we it to. We we're making a commitment to some practical training guidelines, and it's there is a wonderful list at the back of this book that I'm looking at. I'm not going to read the whole list, but it talks about uh, the value of those precepts as part of. Uh, the essentials of the teachings of the Buddha. And so I wanted to share some of these with you because I realized people always ask the question, well what what do Buddhists believe? And uh, what do you what what's different about Buddhism and in, in a religion? Or do you think of yourself as a religion? And uh, those are always those are questions that can get a different answer depending on the the day sometimes, but I wonder do how many of you especially if you're interested in taking the precepts, do you feel like you have a really good grasp on what Buddhism is, what the why you're doing this? Yeah, Marilyn. Well, I, I basically. I don't know you don't have to list it (laughs) what it what what's so what and what drew you say what drew you here to the here in the first place I know you've been a Buddhist for a long time but what for other people who are newer maybe what drew you here Uh uh-huh um, I think of Buddhism as the end of suffering, and how we say may do well, and may be happy, may be peaceful. So that's and that's very. I mean, that's that's what it's doing for you, right? That's a, that's good, Georgia. Yeah, I I actually never knew I was suffering until I didn't have a little bit of <laughs> it. <laughs> and, and each day it seems that I'm aware that I don't have to go through life So you you didn't you weren't even aware of suffering that 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 was even suffering. So uh, you know I think that's how it had to be right. You had you're somebody's daughter you're somebody's mother you're something. You yeah that's it's that's a that's a really good point because there are a lot of people who would say especially I think in the West. Well we don't suffer I'm not suffering you know our life's good we have it's so much and we would immediately say. Our lives are so much better than most of the world, right? It, that, that suffering's a luxury. That we that we won't admit that we're not happy all the time. We won't admit that there are things in life that are hard for us, uh, stressful, uncomfortable, dissatisfying. And so that that re- recognition that oh yeah, there is stuff that I don't have to do. I don't have to be the way I thought I had to be and then you recognize that never felt good <laughs> we get so used to it right we get so used to the things that we cling on to that we don't even see them as the suffering because suffering that's when suffering seems to be uh, not a good translation because we're usually in denial about that now it's I feel like a choice too. And that's what the Buddha was teaching, right? We have a choice, and that's what, the, that's what his, the Four Noble Truths are about. And a lot of people think he just taught about suffering, but it's, it's exactly the way you're talking about it. There's a choice. We have to accept the nature of the world, the nature of reality, but we don't have to live in this world in a way that causes us to suffer. Yeah, that's a, it's a big difference. So it's then it's okay to recognize suffering because the next thing we do is recognize oh we don't have to do that suffering anymore. Yeah, there's a, it's liberating. It's freedom. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because there's so many pe- I've heard so many people say, well I don't have any suffering. I love the way this life is <laughs> just treating me. I love all this. And usually that's not really true. They might, they might have just figured out a way to buck up under it. So it's okay to recognize that we are not always happy, that we, we often want things that we can't have, and we lose things that we love a lot. And that's reality. So we can learn how to work with those things in a different way. Who else has a... What was, What's your take on Buddhism? And, mm-hmm. um, I think for me, um, I was always I was raised where if you had a problem, you had to reach out and, and constantly fix it. I'm <coughs> in control. So for me, over um, time, what I've learned is when you know. practicing over and Is that within my own mind and within myself, I can change things. I can change how I use something, I can change how attached I to something rather than wanting someone else or something else to fix it. To fix it. So, I mean, that's been, you know, 60 years of (laughs) learning. Yeah. Um, But I think since I've been coming here for all these years, um, I'm constantly reminded of that. inside to yeah that's yeah that's wonderful yeah we 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 and we are fixers right we're fixers we're caretakers that becomes that enabler and you know we we think we if there's a problem, we have to act on it and fix it. And usually that's not the best approach to take, right? Usually there's a lot of stuff inside, and some things we can't fix. And that's where a lot of suffering comes from. To do that a lot, I used to, like, when my family had problems, I wanted to, like, help everybody so that I was carrying all their stuff. Yep. And I wasn't happy. No. So I had to learn to... Be there for them, but I can only do so much, and they gotta find their way. But it took me a long time, like I was doing that my whole life. Yeah, probably until a year or this year that I was like, I can't do that anymore because I wasn't happy. You're not happy, and you're stressed, and yeah, yeah, I was just hearing everything. So I had to learn that they gotta deal with their stuff, yeah. It's, it's their patterns that they keep doing, and it's like, I'm always there, I'm always there, I'm always there. So now it's like, I'm there, I help, I, I try to listen, I try to give advice, but that's all I can do. Then you back away from the vehicle, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's hard, That's, that's hard. A, because there, all, all of us might be that person in our families, or we might see maybe our children or someone else being that in the family, and we see it's just like being they're being beat on all the time, and you want to say don't do th- don't let that don't let them do that to you. And then when I spoke up. It was like, oh, she doesn't care. You know? like, <laughs> like, now it's like, hey. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I had to learn so I'm still learning. I'm still that's and it, it good good for you, but that's hard, isn't it? It is hard. Yeah, but you have to keep going because it's really, it's people have to live their own journey, and it's sometimes really hard to accept that, and we and we can have ourselves just ground into dust, you know, before it's our time. <laughs> So I think the teachings give us some wonderful things to hold on to and to work with because see, we can see how it will change our lives. We we begin to see that it will change our lives. So, the the one of the things uh, I love, and this is by a Buddhist group. Actually, this is from an old speech or talks that were given by. Uh, Bhikkhu Nanamoli back in 1933, but a group has, and I think it's a nun that, that I know in South Carolina, but there's a group of Buddhists who have published it, but they've updated it with lots of references to the suttas that probably weren't translated at that point, and it's, um, it's, it's very relevant. It's not, even, it's not an old-fashioned or outdated uh, book. But it talks about that, uh, let me just tell you some of the things that I think we've talked about. So Buddhism is based on personal experience. As such, it is rational and not speculative. So I love that. It's all based on what we experience. Because if we can't experience the teachings of the Buddha firsthand, then, you know, he said don't, don't, buy into this, come and look, come and see for yourself. So we have to actually experience what, every, what everybody's talked about. And, and it can't just be because we want it to be that way or we intellectually think it's that way. It has to be from our personal experience. Part of that's on the cushion, part of that's from our meditation, but the majority of it is just in our day-to-day lives. Just how are, how are our lives changing? when we have studied even a few of the teachings when we've been sitting just for a short time. Like, how does it resonate in our daily life? That has to be the way it is. And it doesn't call it a religion. Buddhism is a moral and philosophical system that expounds a unique path to enlightenment and is not a subject to be studied from a mere academic standpoint. So studying it is wonderful. But that's not that's not how you how you are a Buddhist. That's not how you live the teachings of the Buddha. Um, he he. The Buddha discarded all authority, and developed a golden mean that was purely his own. And rational understanding is the keynote of Buddhism. So I like, I like to think that a Buddhist is, a, is the philosophy of pragmatism. Uh, but ration, rationality is and blind relief beliefs are rejected. Uh, the, instead of beliefs and dogmas, the importance of practice is emphasized. Mere beliefs and dogma cannot liberate a person. So when we talk about Buddhism as a philosophy, we have to remember that the goal is to achieve enlightenment so it's it's more than a philosophy because enlightenment is still the the far far away goal or it might be in this lifetime goal so there are no mediators so there's no priestly group a priest group that mediates between us and some deity so the monks and the nuns are not are not mediators. We're not like priests, um, and in this, it indicate there's also one of the points is they're just different ways to live. So whether you're a lay person or a monk or a nun, he, that's even outlined in the one of these talks about that that he the Buddha provided uh, uh, different. Different ways to have this the experience of his teachings. One is to be a monastic, where you're you're more dedicated to it, it instead of a householder's life. So it doesn't mean a householder is less dedicated to the teachings. It just means we we have different ways that we're exp- with, that we're living these teachings. So there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing like a spiritual mediator or someone, you know, a lot of times we give blessings. But I always think it's important for us to remember that we all give these blessings. It's not just a monk or a a, a bhikkhu or a bhikkhuni who can who gives blessings. We there because there's no nothing channeling through us to do that but the the buddha taught that all the blessings that we give the blessings are based on how we live our lives so uh and how we how we uh like merit is just sending forward kind of sending forward the abundance of our good actions out to others so we all do that so it's it's a kind of a ritual when we have a monk do it or a, a bikuni do it because we can all do it. So I think that's important for us to remember. What we do that when we practice loving things is that blessings. Exactly. That's how, those, are, that's the, those are the blessings. So we're, and that's what, that's what causes the world to be safer for us because when we make other people and other living beings feel safe, and that's through the precepts, but also through things like practicing loving-kindness. When we create that, uh, when we radiate that harmlessness and that loving-kindness, it causes beings around us to feel safer around us. So it does change. You know, it's changing, like our energy field is changing. So that safety, when the Buddha taught that... uh, the uh, loving-kindness chant to the monks, it was because they were afraid of all the spirits up in the trees, because the spirits were afraid of the monks. The little devas up in the trees thought those... At first they were okay, but then they realized those monks were going to live in their forest, live in their jungle, and they thought they're going to they're gonna get rid of us, they're going to chase us away, the spirits did. And so they started scaring, spooking the monks, making the monks think there were bad spirits there because the spirits were afraid of the monks. And the Buddha said, no, go back and chant this, chant these words. And it was the metta-sutta that he, and so uh, it they were saying, may all the creatures here be well, be peaceful, and may all the you know the four legged and the six legged and the eight legged and uh, and so then the spirits realized these people don't mean any harm to us they want to they want to live peacefully with us so they quit scaring the monks and they came down and they would they would even come down and uh, listen to the teachings and listen and be practicing with the monks so that that's that's part of what we're doing. And when we live the precepts, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we become really safe to beings in this world because we're doing no harm. And they, and they, will, they sense that, people sense that. I mean, people know, probably, if you're someone uh, who gets enraged and blows up all the time and shouts and screams at people, they know if you might uh, be someone they'd be nervous around and then when we begin to practice those, all those, uh, the, when we start our training in those guidelines for that, the, the harmless and kind behaviors, then that's, that becomes another little, we're putting those vibes out, literally. And so in this, the essential teachings of Buddhism the essential teachings are about the four noble Truths and the Eightfold Path and the and the ten perfections or the this uh, book calls it the ten excellent qualities. Those are the basic teachings and and uh, understanding the four noble Truths and the Eightfold Path and the ten perfections or the ten the ten essential qualities all those are just the basic uh those that's the that's the whole uh, essence of the buddha's teachings and so as we practice those when we when we take the precepts and use them we talk about these are the guidelines that i'm undertaking these guidelines what we're really doing is i'm undertaking these essential teachings of the buddha and I'm working with them every day to see, you know, have are they do they work for me? Do they work in my life? Do they make sense? Are they helping me? Am I am I becoming happier? Is my life becoming more joyful? And uh, those kind of questions that may seem selfish at first, like am I happier? But we all know if we're if we're happy and peaceful that other people love to see that. I mean, this, we can be a real burden on our friends and our families if we're miserable. And uh, that happiness, when we can experience happiness, we're always sharing it. And so the, the, the precepts are more than just a kind of ritual we do. It's really, this is, the, this is the perfect way to study the teachings of the Buddha and to put them into practice in your life. And then those are the these are the essential teachings of the Buddha. So I like I like seeing that seeing it more that way. Like this is how we continue our experience of the teachings of the Buddha. So it's got to be real. It's got to be us doing it, uh, and nobody's the boss of us. I mean, the Buddha was, you know, he he was breaking rules of his day all the time because he knew it was right to do that. So, accepting women into the Sangha the, uh, to, be, to be on the same level as the men, that was a big, that had never been done before. And uh, not, not recognizing caste among his monks and nuns, that, was, that had never been done before. So, uh, it's, it's okay to not have to think like the herd and so the, the herd is pretty powerful, you know. The herd is what runs social media, so. <laughs> so it's okay when we know when we know something is right to be okay with that. We don't need to proselytize it. We can we can know it's right and uh, still be kind and still find the right time and the right place to to share that with people, but. It's OK not to be following the mainstream, because a lot of times people will say, "I always feel like I'm going against the grain, like with my family, with the people I work with." Uh, that's OK. That's maybe a good sign. <laughs> OK, thank you, everybody.